0: Welcome to Church is Messy with Rick Henderson. In each episode of this podcast, we will examine and discuss some of the difficult, challenging, and often messy topics associated with church and Christianity and our faith. Whether you are curious, skeptical, and unsure about Jesus, new to church, or maybe even a longtime devoted follower, this podcast is designed to bring the message of the gospel to the everyday messes of life. Welcome, everybody, to the Church is Messy podcast. I am Robert Nash. I'm the communications pastor here at Autumn Ridge Church, located in Rochester, Minnesota. And as always, I am joined with the man, the legend himself, Pastor Rick Henderson, Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Hey, you had this last
1: weekend off. You did not have to preach this last weekend. That's always nice, right? Well, I didn't get to. You know, it's not a have to, it's a get to. <laughs> but you're right. I I did not speak this past weekend. Uh, we had a real treat. Uh, pastor Svea Mary, she's our pastor of spiritual formation. Uh, she was up. Uh, she tackled a very challenging question. If God is good, how do we face and how do we reconcile the reality of pain? and suffering. She shared her story with us, and Sabaya, you're here in the room with us, and I'm, I'm happy to welcome you here. I just want to say uh, it was phenomenal. It was powerful, and I appreciate you giving us the gift of your story and letting us see um, all that God did for you in those moments.
2: Well, thank you, Rick. That's very kind. I, I don't feel like I deserve the credit for it. I felt like God showed up. And, uh, and it was just really a powerful thing to get to share my story. And, and it felt like a true honor yeah. to the verse that's our theme verse, 1 Peter 3.15, that tells us that we should be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that we have. And, yeah. and that was my heart behind saying yes when you asked me to do this and, and what I was trying to convey.
1: It is one of the questions that I've been asked the most over my career as a pastor, hmm. and so I I appreciate you dump jumping into the pit. I mean, it <laughs> is it's full of emotions. It's full of big uh, big issues um, that they're not they're not easy to sift through, are they? Mm. Uh, but it was it was a gift to me, and it was a gift to our church. and And I think people who haven't listened to it yet, I want to encourage them to to go on our website uh, to listen uh, to to the message. It. Was so helpful. Go on the website,
0: or I was out of town, and I actually listened to the podcast of the message. And even without seeing you on stage, and and you know, getting to see your facial expressions, I could easily hear mm-hmm. every emotion. I could easily hear your heart coming through every word you spoke, and it was mm-hmm. incredibly moving to me as well. Mm-hmm. And many, many other people uh, really have commented highly on on how impactful that message was. And I think one of the reasons that I appreciate messages like that, where we get vulnerable and we share very difficult things is because a lot of the times, I know for me, I like to hide those things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Hey, I'm a Christian. How are you doing? Everything's great. Rainbows, unicorns. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. When in reality, well, no, life is messy. That's kind of the point of the podcast. Life is messy. We all have baggage. We've all been through struggles. And when we are able to to share those with others, when we're able to uh, reach a point where we're comfortable sharing that with others, it can be very Encouraging. So again, yes. Thank you for doing that. Um, you mentioned. Well, can, I, can I build on your point please. though? Because
2: I think you know, you touched on the idea that sometimes we try to hide some of our stories. Yeah. And and I I think I can kind of get at what you're you're intending there because sometimes when stories don't end the way that we think they should, you know, like in in my story that I told, my husband died in the end of that story. It wasn't that he was sick and we prayed and then he was miraculously healed and then everyone said, God is great, praise God, and 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 we all celebrate him for that. Sometimes, especially when the story doesn't end the way we intend or we think that God will will do for us, those are scary stories to tell.
0: Yeah. Extremely scary and, and difficult. And the concern, I think, for a lot of people would be, well, then God didn't answer your prayer, therefore...
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and this, is for those of us who, who truly love God, we want to make God look good. Sure. Yeah. And, and it can be kind of threatening to tell a story that doesn't automatically look like God was the hero in yeah. the end of it. Because it does raise those questions for us. Yeah. When God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we want, that naturally leads to the question that's at the heart of the problem, of pain. You know, is God good? Is God all-powerful? you know how could it possibly be in god's goodwill to take away a 29-year-old husband and father of two little kids
1: yeah and you know as we're talking about this i think it's helpful just to kind of pause and say when we're talking about the gospel which means good news mm. what are we counting on as good news mm. if people are i'm counting on god to do this thing i i had a pastor who used to say we don't trust god uh, for our circumstances mm. We trust him in our circumstances. Mm-hmm. The good news of the gospel isn't that if we try hard enough, if we give enough, if we do all the right things in the right way at the right time, that God changes our circumstances into something that's pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately that all of this will be redeemed. Our hope is not in this life; it's for the next life. Eventually, every life ends in hurt and suffering. Every one of us mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. will 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 die. It, but the hope is in Christ on the other side mm-hmm. of death. Mm-hmm. Will you talk about that a little bit oh, and what I'd you learned to. about trusting in the circumstance, not for the circumstance?
2: Yeah, I'd love to, because for me, the arc of hope mm. was huge in that whole experience. I, I kind of mentioned in the the message that when my husband first got sick, I was in a little bit of a shaky place in my faith. Mm. I, uh, I wasn't as solid and that particular time that I had been. I was a young mom. I had a cranky toddler who <laughs> cried every time I tried to drop him off in the nursery. And so there were weeks where going to church just Kind of seemed like it wasn't really worth it if I wasn't even going to get to participate in the worship service. I was going to be walking the halls with a, a crying kid, right. yeah. and uh, you know, and just a number of things like that. My husband often couldn't go with me if he was working uh, as a resident in Sunday mornings, and 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 so a number of the things that I had ordinarily counted on to keep my faith strong had kind of fallen away, mm-hmm. and so I I hit this crisis in that place, and uh, and had to wrestle through that and that experience of initially being so angry at God you know how could you let this happen this doesn't seem fair Uh, and then being given that choice feeling like okay now you get to choose you can stay angry Mm -hmm. you can feed that anger you can dig in your heels you can continue to spin on the doubt uh, and questioning God or do you trust God You know, do I surrender these feelings and stop trying to control everything Mm. and just trust that he would meet me in that storm? And making that decision really changed the whole arc Mm. of what that experience was like. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. beginning to finally say, okay, I I trust you, God. And as we went through that over and over and over again, we saw God show up in the storm. And it, it it was either little things like, you know, praying, God, I'm just exhausted. I just need a break. And and a friend would show up that afternoon with a little gift basket with some bubble bath, and said, "You know, I'll just watch your kid for you. Why don't you go take a bath and rest and think?" You had no idea. I just yeah. prayed and asked, "I wow. need some hope. I need some rest here, God." And you send a friend. Just
1: a little glimpse of how God is actively involved, yeah. orchestrating things, yeah, in our lives. That's awesome. I, you, this is. As you're telling this powerful story, I I feel like what I'm going to say is trite, but I hope it's encouraging for folks who are listening. I used to have a professor in college who said that God's love often has human fingerprints on it. Mm. And we, we never know. We just have no idea how God is using what might seem like a smaller, insignificant thing mm-hmm. for us to powerfully and magnificently just shout out how much he loves that other person. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage people who are listening, if you just feel an impulse mm-hmm. or you have a desire in you or you, you think, hey, here's something I could do for somebody, do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't
1: stop. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate. You don't know how God might use that. You don't know how they might need that. Yeah, Absolutely. those
2: little things just kind of helped us keep going one more day. Mm. And just that feeling, it wasn't like God gave us the strength we needed for the entire experience. He often, like he did for the people in the wilderness, he gave them the manna for that day. Mm-hmm. Well, and it I, was just enough.
1: I got to sit on that for a second. <laughs> just enough for the day. Mm-hmm. Just enough to face that day. Mm-hmm. Not a full tank. Yeah, just enough for that day.
2: And and there's a severe mercy in that, right? Ooh, you know, talk if,
1: about that a little
2: bit. If God gave us everything we needed to get through an entire trial, we wouldn't continue Ooh. to need him.
0: Mm. Our tank true. would be
2: full. Yeah. If he gives us what we need for the day, it gives us that difficult but extremely precious opportunity to just live dependent on him day to day, to to start each day with recognizing God. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this one. You're gonna have to show up. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna need you to send someone to give me that encouragement, Mm -hmm. to give me what I need to get through this day. And as he does that over and over and over again, it gets easier to trust.
1: Will you give me permission to kind of rabbit trail here for a second? Sure. I think I I bring some bad thinking sometimes. Mm -hmm. Here I am, I'm a professional Christian. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) a pastor. (laughs) But I think sometimes I bring some bad thinking that I'm so grateful for God. In his, by his spirit constantly um, disentangling me from sometimes I want to think about relationships in the same way that I budget money. Hmm. You know, like I want to look at, I've got enough money for the month and I can kind of set it and forget it and I'm operating by the by the budget. I don't need, I'm not paid every day, uh-huh. right? But that's not how relationships work. Yeah, It's not like God gives me a deposit once a month and then I'm going to use that and the next month I go back to him this is how relationships work. It's it's every day right. that personal encounter yeah. um, that keeps us going. Yeah, I wouldn't want my relationship with with my wife or my kids to function like a one. Once a month, here you go. Yeah. And then I'm drawing on that for the rest of the time. I want that every day throughout the day interaction.
2: You know, and, and that I think is one of the beautiful things about suffering. If we allow ourselves to see that as an incredible experience, mm-hmm. um, how many times have you guys sat around a circle of, of friends in a small group context right. or something like that, and it comes to that prayer request time <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you Ass. get to the person yourself <laughs> or someone else and they're like, you know what, I'm good. Everything's fine right now. And the implication is that, like, if you feel like things are going okay in your life, you don't need prayer.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh oh.
0: I feel like my toes are I got, are sore, I got right triggered now. a little
1: bit on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, the, I'm the, the pass. Yeah.
2: Everything's no, that's fine a really person. good insight. Yeah. That was actually something that didn't make it into the message. It was on mm. the uh, the edited list, but it's yeah. something that I think is worth reflecting on a little bit because we naturally come up with this idea that if everything is good, we don't need God. Mm-hmm. We go to God when we're desperate. You know, the foxhole prayer that's is right. kind of the the classic case 9-1-1 of nine one one call. But, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So this is called Church is Messy. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's move a little bit towards something that seemed messy in the message, Mm. but I so appreciated you sharing it because I never would have intuited my way to it. (laughs) I feel like as a guy, it's not just, it wouldn't have been my experience. And when you said it, I thought, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. You talked about um, after. Uh, after your husband passed away you're home alone mm. at mm. night mm. and you hear all the noises in the yep. house mm-hmm. and i looked around my wife was nodding her head it seemed like every woman in the room was was nodding her head they they were with you they they got the emotional experience of that mm-hmm. was that like a one time yeah. thing or was that no. a recurring thing no, was no that
2: mean? was a recurring thing that that went on for Months to even a year or so, where it was terrifying to go to bed at night. And mm. I just felt so vulnerable. I felt alone. I felt like I had just gone through a worst case scenario. So, what was to stop another horrible sure. thing from happening? Um, there, yeah, there was absolutely a mindset for you. Yeah. It does. It puts you in that space of feeling like things could go wrong very, very quickly. And, uh, and that kind of fear was something I lived with for a long time.
1: So what did you do? Did you white knuckle it? Did you just decide <laughs> to be brave? Did you develop new Louisville routines? Do we slugger next to, what, to the bed there? Yeah. What, what happened there?
2: Yeah, well, all of my gals from Women's Bible Study will recognize this story. I've shared this with them, but it is so, so helpful. So what I did was I relied on Scripture. But let me give you a little bit more of the detail of that. So um, John, my my husband who died, his mother was also someone who understood what it was like to deal with fear. And she made for me 31 index cards with verses about fear. And she gave me these cards and she gave me this advice just to read these cards Mm -hmm, on mm. fear when I was feeling afraid. And, uh, and I would pull these out at night and start flipping through the cards. And to be honest, it didn't always work right away. There were times where I would have to flip through these cards and read these verses over mm. and over and over again until the truth of them would start to sink in. Mm. But it just kind of became um, this, this reliable go-to source of truth. Mm. And and as I would read these things about why we don't need to be afraid because God's in control, God's good, God sees us, God is our protector, we can yeah. run to Him, uh, these things would kind of slowly wash over me yeah. and give me the strength that I needed. I'm I don't know you- that. Hold on, just for a second. Okay, I don't right. know that anybody
1: needs for me to say this, but for my own benefit, I just want to say this for my own for my own memory. What you're describing, that's not a. That's not a feminine response. Mm-mm. That's oh. a gospel response. Mm-hmm. That's a discipleship kind of response. And you were talking about, you're describing this was a moment where you were feeling vulnerable. And as mm-hmm. you're talking, I'm immediately thinking about Jesus. He's been fasting, he's mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. in the wilderness. He, Satan comes to him and is is tempting him Hmm. and he's fully human. So there's a, there's a real type of vulnerability there. What did he immediately go to Mm -hmm. quoting scripture? Yeah. 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 And and I'm glad you mentioned though, that
0: sometimes you read the cards and it didn't, you know, just immediately make everything better. You had to, to kind of stick with it and, and go over it because, yeah, a lot of people say that, you know, like, well, I've prayed and nothing's changed. It's well, not that's magic not that, yeah, potions. Yeah, not, this isn't yeah. Harry Potter. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's not, right.
1: That's not what's going on yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, you've mentioned uh, to me about several people coming up to you and sharing, you know, how much the message meant to them, um, which led into a conversation about uh, how certain people handle these struggles. Would you Mm. mind talking a little bit more about that for us?
2: Yeah, it's been fascinating. Some of the follow-up conversations I've had in this past week, and so many of us have a story of suffering. It's not necessarily the same story, but, but there are so many horrible things that people in our church have gone through that yeah. that all of us have. And if we haven't gone through it yet, you mm-hmm. know, the yeah. sad reality is we probably will at some point. Uh, but it's been interesting in these stories to see why there are some people that seem to go through horrible circumstances and are able more easily to see god's glory in it, mm-hmm. to see God's love in it, to mm-hmm. trust him through it, and there are some people that are still really wrestling to do that even twenty years later with with grief or suffering that seems to uh, continue to plague them and and I've been reflecting on that a lot in yeah. this past week of what makes the difference yeah um, i th- I think there's three things okay. I think maybe. The first thing is what I was talking about in the message. We need to trust the truth of God. Mm. We need to trust okay. the truth of Him and His Word, that who He is and what He says He can do is still true, even when it doesn't make sense. And people that are willing to make that that spiritual leap of trust in God are are immediately ahead of the game mm-hmm. in being able to process their suffering in a healthy spiritual way. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing, though, is... Being able to talk about it with appropriate people mm-hmm. rather yeah. than stuffing these feelings down inside or suppressing it or pretending like something didn't happen or, or being so overcome by the emotion of it all that they're not able to speak about it. I think that just continues to grow the pain of it all.
0: On that one, I mean, I know in my own life, right, uh, some of the struggles and traumas I've been through, those were things. I definitely buried down deep, and doing that at first, or not burying it down deep, but not discussing it as you process it, that's one thing.
2: Mm-hmm. But the
0: longer you you refuse to talk to anybody about what you're going through and your problems, it turns into kind of a way of life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you even reach a point where you'd really like to talk about it, but you're just you're just unable. It, it's bottled up. So I'm glad you shared that one. Mm-hmm.
1: Can, can I ask a real practical question? Sure. You talked about sharing with appropriate people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you tell? Who the appropriate person is mm. like i've got people who i could share with and they're going to make me feel great mm-hmm. <laughs> but um and you got they're Jim's not friends. necessarily the right person to to share with i've right. got some would help me bury a dead body kind of <laughs> friend. you know hey i'm in trouble and they're there no questions asked but they're not necessarily uh, the right person to process this kind of vulnerable right. state with yeah. how do you pick that right person? How would how would someone know who the right person is?
2: Yeah, well, an, an easy place to start is choosing a trusted counselor, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. someone okay. that that is trained in yeah. in dealing with these situations, but uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional person to turn to. It can also just be someone who is. Farther down the road of the same situation. I think that's always Ooh, a helpful thing. I like
1: that. Mm-hmm. I if like it's, that.
2: You know, for example, there's a, a young gal in my life that's very dear to me who's had a similar situation of losing a spouse. Mm. and And she comes and we talk about what it's like for me now. And I'm trying to give hope to her. Mm-hmm. that she can see what she feels now is not the way it's always going to be. Uh, so looking for someone, almost you know, a mentor or, or a coach or something like that, someone who's encountered a similar situation to it. Yeah. who can give you a little perspective in that, I now think you, those you, are good people. You've
1: got a third thing that you're going to share, mm-hmm. but I want to chase another little rabbit trail here sure, if okay. we can. Did you have to overcome a stigma about seeing a counselor or mental health? Uh, when you were when you were in this place,
2: um, to be honest, no, and uh, and one of the the blessings in that was partly because my husband was the son of a professional mm. counselor. Okay, wow. so that was part of our yeah. our DNA. Okay. In in our background. Um, But I never felt any stigma attached to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think we do a disservice to people if we imply that there's something wrong with them if they need to go Mm -hmm. for help. You know, we never say that about someone if they're feeling physical symptoms and they go see a doctor for yeah. help with right. their physical symptoms. I don't know why we would ever imply that if they're feeling mental symptoms or emotional symptoms, that it would be wrong to get help for that.
0: Well, yeah. so, so to that point, I mean, Rick, when you first got here, you and I had a conversation along those lines, right? Where mm-hmm. I kind of shared some stuff with you and you said, well, have you talked to anybody about it? And I, I think I just shook my head, no, I couldn't even talk at that point. And you asked me that question. Do you think there's a stigma attached for, for going to see somebody yeah. and uh, getting some professional help? And for me, yeah, absolutely. Um, but especially uh, in my role as a pastor, it's like, well, no, I'm supposed to be the person who people come to and they get help from. And if I have to go get help, then what kind of am I to anybody else? So, so there certainly is for a lot of us, right, that that stigma. But I I agree with you. So very important to to take mental emotional health seriously and and get help when you need it. So
1: I, I love going to see a, yeah. a counselor. It's it's become I I don't know if it's fair to say a regular staple, but it's mm-hmm. something that I'll do from time to time, even even when I don't feel in the grip of grief Mm -hmm. or embattled, uh, sometimes I just want to go and talk with someone who's really skilled at processing thoughts and emotions. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm facing. This is how I've been dealing with it. Could you give me a second opinion? Do you think I'm being healthy? Mm -hmm. Do you see any any spots that I might be blind to? Mm -hmm. That's become a tremendous benefit to me. Sure. For anybody and for
0: anybody out there just real quick that maybe you think you would like to talk to somebody, you can contact us and we have we have a pretty good resource of of names and, and places here in the area that that would be more than willing to help you. We'd mm-hmm. be happy to share that with you. So, point number 1, we need to trust the truth of God. Number 2, we need to be able to talk about it with people the right type of people um to 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 express and and move along. Mm-hmm. What is point number 3?
2: It actually flows out of what we were just talking about and I think it's having the willingness to engage in our own emotional health mm, okay i think it's being humble enough to ask ourselves are we processing things in a healthy way are we being honest about certain situations or, or whatever it is that we need are we surrounding ourselves with healthy people mm. that can reflect that back to us yeah and are we willing to do that work um, just like it takes work to be physically healthy, mm-hmm. it takes work to be emotionally healthy, too. It takes a lot of For humility, sure. and it takes a lot of uh, of willingness to be somewhat introspective and reflective.
1: It sounds like you're saying just because you believe the right things, mm. you're not going to be emotionally healthy and mm-hmm. mature. Mm-hmm. How about that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? Why? <laughs> why wh- like what are, what 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 are some examples of the kind of work and why does it take more work I just want if I believe the right things I just want that to be good enough <laughs> I don't want to have to do more that's it
2: I was just listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about a guy who was saying that he could explain to his whole class how to juggle mm-hmm. and he gave them these these directives and he's like so these are the principles for juggling mm-hmm. But then he handed them the balls and said, "Now do it. And they couldn't do it. They could explain all of the theory behind it. But until you have to put that into practice and you've got those balls flying in the air, what you know doesn't matter. It's all about what you're actually applying Mm. in your life.
1: That's helpful. That's really helpful. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, now
0: all I can think about is that one scene from The Office where they uh, had no juggling balls, but he put on the performance anyway. You remember (laughs) that episode very well. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So the story from the Bible, the 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 account in the Bible that you went over was when Lazarus passed away, mm-hmm. and Jesus came, and you talked a little bit about how <laughs> I loved how you talked about the story. You know, Jesus was like, "Yeah, we need to head there," and you know, kind of a smart aleck comment from Thomas, and <laughs> and they arrive, and and in that moment, I've never really thought about that story from the perspective of 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 the of sisters, and Martha. right? Mm-hmm. And the way you talked about that just kind of brought a new sense to me that like you know, she was always there. And then in this moment though, she was home alone. Yeah. Um, for, for that. But um I thought that was just a wonderful backdrop to uh,
1: Well well let me <laughs> let, let me let me pick up please. Thank you. Because <laughs> what you're talking about is something that really hit me hmm. when you were when you were talking about this, uh, and I had the privilege of getting to hear you share this long before it was shared mm-hmm. publicly, and so I've been ruminating on it for, for a little while. Out of the two, it feels like, that the way that the stories read, it seems like Mary was more relationally connected to Jesus, and Martha mm-hmm. was a bit more busy mm-hmm. and more task-oriented, mm-hmm. and that Mary was more people-oriented.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when Jesus showed up, Lazarus has been in the tomb for, what, four days Four now.
2: days, hmm
1: Martha, the task-oriented person, is the one who came out, and mm-hmm. she had emotions. She was upset, but she was engaging Jesus. Mary, the one who seems like she was really close to Jesus, she couldn't. She couldn't even show up. Mm-hmm. And When she did come out, she got one sentence out and was a puddle of yeah. tears. Yeah. And I was thinking, how many people feel like mm. they were so close, they've worshipped, they believe, they've trusted, and they just don't know how to process i thought we were so close and we were so close and yet this happened yeah what words do you have for someone who might be feeling that right now
2: yeah one of the things i think we need to be sensitive to is that emotions can be liars Mm. emotions can tell us that jesus didn't care that jesus wasn't good enough that maybe he wasn't listening to your prayers Um, a horrible lie is this idea that if you just pray hard enough, or if you have enough faith, then God will do what you need him to do. And when he doesn't come through the way you think he should, that suddenly it's all a house of cards that's Mm -hmm. just fallen down. Yeah. And we need to help people get beyond those kinds of lies.
0: It's a, it's a very much a conditional love, a belief that a lot of us suffer from and understandably, right? I mean, uh, having conditions to to meet certain things to earn love to earn respect from others that's that's the world around us and yet with God it's it's all unconditional mm-hmm. right but we think yeah if I I went to church every Sunday I said my prayers I, I gave I serve and all that and you're not helping me now
2: mm-hmm.
0: we have to move past that
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's something deeper there's, there's something deeper. far richer. Far better. There's a long
0: game. Like you said, I mean, even even beyond, right? We're all going to reach a point where it ends, but there's something beyond that.
1: I was trying to look around, but I didn't want to be too obvious when you (laughs) talked about do we really want to worship a God who serves us like a tame dog? Mm. What kind of... What did you notice in the crowd <laughs> when you said that?
2: <laughs> there was always a little bit of a uh, hold your breath moment yeah, yeah. In, in seeing that. Yeah. Um, and th- that's a hard one to wrestle down because mm-hmm. of course we want God to act the way we think he should. And it is upsetting when he doesn't. Um, I would like to go back to the question you asked, though, about saying to, to the the Mary who's in yes. that grief yes. and that feeling. Um while I think, like I said, emotions can be liars and we can be wrestling through all of that, that doesn't mean that the emotions that she was feeling in that moment were not true mm-hmm. or that, she, that it wasn't what her experience in that moment. And, and I just cannot, I, I'm so in awe of Jesus and his response to yeah. her to just weep with her yeah. in that moment, emotions he didn't invalidate it. They're
1: mm-hmm. always real. Mm-hmm. they're not always telling us the truth yes thank Ooh, you for like that. they're always that. real it mm-hmm. doesn't mean they always tell us the truth yeah yeah, yeah this would... has been good yeah, this is good. you know we we've been in some heavy stuff um we've talked sure. about some important stuff um would it be okay if we switched gears just a little bit um can we talk about some of robert's pain um or it's my pain <laughs> Hearing you pronounce Fea's name. Could you, (laughs) could you say it for us? Could you say her name for us right now? I will.
0: I can. I will. Listen, everybody. I'm from Texas. We (laughs) add on syllables to pretty much any and every word. And for a year, here's the thing. For a year, I said your name this way. No one ever corrected me. Savea. 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 I'm saying it right. I think everybody else is wrong, including you, who has the name. But then one day I'm sitting in your office, Rick, and you're, I say Savea, and he goes, you know that's not how you say it. I'm like, say what? He's like, that's not... And I hear everybody say it, and I don't know how to do it. Yeah. It's just... It's okay.
1: God forgives. Say it for us one more time. Her name is... Mrs. Is Mary. <laughs> All right.
0: Savea, so, so uh, thank you uh, so much for for sharing uh, a very difficult story uh, with, with everyone, right? And something that's very encouraging and I believe is going to be very helpful for, for years to come for anybody who listens to it. Uh, thank you for being our guest on Church is Messy today. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thought you want to share with everybody?
2: Oh, would God be glorified through it all? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And, uh, you know, we really do want to be a church. Uh, We're people who are hurting, yeah. love to attend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to be that safe place and uh, where you can come and it's okay if you are not in the spot where you're ready to be where you're at. You could be totally early in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe you've been in this process for a long time and you feel like you've grown hardened and it's tough to kind of open up and get real and allow love to come in or comfort to come in. Well, we want to be a church for you too, mm-hmm. and we want you to know that there's community uh, here for you too. So, if you live within driving distance of Autumn Ridge Church here in Rochester, uh, we'd love for you to join us on a weekend service. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
0: and we also would love to to hear and uh, and answer some of the questions you might have. That's kind of the heart of this podcast. So, if you have questions you would like for uh, Rick to to answer, we ask you just to email us. Church is messy. At autumnridgechurch.org. I'll have all that in the notes. Uh, Svea, again, thank you so much. Rick, always a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having the show with you.
2: Pronounced uh, Svea.
0: <laughs> I'm still right and you're still wrong. That's all that matters. See you next week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Church is Messy with Rick Henderson. Church is Messy is a registered trademark of Rick Henderson, and this podcast is produced by Robert Nash. Our sound engineer is Josiah Novinger. Our theme song is Bring It. Follow us on Instagram at A-R-C underscore R-O-C-H. Email us with any questions you might have or topics you would like explored in future episodes at churchismessy at autumnridgechurch.org. For more information on Autumn Ridge Church in Rochester, Minnesota, please visit us online at autumnridge.church. Thank
1: you for listening.